0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with all of you. We'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, we turn crowd to Mary in the beautiful prayer at the end of the rosary, which we call the Hail Holy Queen. Mary is also our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's say the prayer that Mary loves most, and that prayer is the Hail Mary, also known as the angelic salutation. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of the Lord Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual director. What a privilege it is to have as our spiritual director, the Holy Spirit. Let's uh, beg the Holy Spirit to help us, to come to our aid. The Holy Spirit also has many wonderful titles, among which would be the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. He's also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. Holy Spirit is also known as our counselor. Our counselor as well as our consoler. The Holy Spirit is our interior master. our interior master. St. Paul reminds us in these words from Romans chapter 8. Paul says, we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So together, let's beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light as well as the fire of divine love to burn in the very depths of our hearts. As we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O oh God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. Saint Francis Xavier, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. How true it is, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. So, my friends, after praying together, I promise that I will be praying for you in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is the greatest of all prayers. It is the prayer par excellence. I'd like to place you all on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And I'd like to offer the following important intentions. First intention, I'd like to pray in this special way for world peace and that we would be instruments of peace in the world by being open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. By being open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. May our prayer during the course of the day be the following. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention, I'd like to pray in a special way for our families. That our families and their family members will seek their true happiness in God. Only God can give us true, permanent happiness. In this life as well as in the life to come, so I like to place all of us and our family members on the altar. That our family members, especially those who have walked away from God, would return. So I like to pray that intention. Next, I'd like to pray in a special way for the dying. The month of November, we pray for those who pass from this life to the next. We believe in eternal life, and that's really the essence of wisdom, chapter 2, which is the first reading today in the Mass. Those who die, they're, our loved one, they're in the hands of God. What a beautiful, encouraging verse. Those who have passed, who died, they're in the hands of God. We believe in eternal life. We believe in eternal life. So let's pray that those who are dying today, would have the grace of all graces to die in this state of grace. As our Lord says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but he loses his soul? The salvation of our immortal soul is of greatest importance. Let's pray that we would truly live for God and die in God's loving presence and be saved. Right, my friends? We mentioned the book of wisdom today as a wonderful passage that we have in funeral masses when people are there weeping and suffering very much this uh, wonderful passage says that they're in the hands of God we are imperishable our soul we're in the hands of God so let's believe my friends in eternal life but I'd like to focus especially on the gospel for today I'd like to introduce the gospel for today from Luke chapter 17, in this way. That all of us, all of us, we love stories. All of us, we love stories. And, one of the best teaching methods is utilizing, utilizing the tool of storytelling. We all love stories, and we remember stories, and we tell stories, and we read stories, we like stories. And, of course, the greatest preacher, teacher that ever lived was, is, and will be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the greatest in all. But especially, especially in the realm of Storytelling, which our Lord carried out by means of the parable. Dr. Adrian Rogers says that the parable is a short human story with a heavenly message. That's a great definition, isn't it? Parable is a short human story, but with a heavenly message our Lord the master storyteller by means of parables you will remember many of the parables of Christ the parable of the prodigal son or the merciful father in Luke chapter 15 the parable of the lost sheep also in Luke chapter 15 The parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. The parable of the sower in Mark chapter 3. The parable of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke chapter 16. The parable that we have on Sunday of the wise and foolish virgins, Matthew chapter 25. The parable of the talents, Matthew chapter 25. The parable of the universal judgment of the separation of the goats from the sheep, also Matthew Matthew chapter 25. These are all parables, human stories with a heavenly message. So today Jesus gives us the parable that runs as such. He says, Who among you would say to your servant... Just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field. Come here immediately and take your place at table. Would he not rather say, prepare something for me to eat, put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all you have been commanded to say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what we're obliged to do. That's the parable of our Lord Jesus Christ that we find today in Luke chapter 17, verse 7 to 10. So there's many different messages that we can glean from this. Many. But I'd like to pull out just one essential message and it's the call and the vocation of all of us to work we are all called to work in one way or another the call or the obligation to work Work is essential for the human person to be fully human and to develop all of his capacities, the call to work. We see even Adam tilling the soil and after the sin of Adam and Eve, God meted out to Adam this obligation to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. So let's uh, let's step back for a minute or two and look, examine, analyze our own work. Catechism of the Catholic Church exhorts us to avoid two extremes. Number one, to see work as a mere drudgery, drudgery as a necessary evil. We shouldn't see it as that. Even though work at times can be pretty difficult, it can be challenging and draining and difficult in many ways. The other extreme that we have to avoid is to avoid becoming an, an alcoholic. I'm sorry. No, alcoholic, rather a workaholic. That's the word I was, I was searching for. you've probably all heard the word, a workaholic. We don't want to become a workaholic. Meaning that we work so hard, so many hours at work, that we are usually neglecting are other obligations. So, those are the two extremes. To see work as a drudgery and a necessary evil, an, an unbearable cross. Sometimes it is for many and it's unavoidable, but that's not the That's not the ideal. The other extreme, the other extreme is to see work as the end and fulfillment of my life. So we want to avoid those two extremes. We don't want to become workaholics. And invite all of you. Invite all of you to step back and see how is it that you're working. Do we work for the honor and glory of God? Do we see work as a drudgery? Do we come workaholics? And I invite all of us to turn and pray to good Saint Joseph. That's right, to work and to pray to good Saint Joseph. Saint Joseph is the patron saint of many different things. But he's especially the patron saint of workers. We celebrate the feast day of Saint Joseph the Worker actually on May 1st. My friends in Jesus and Mary, we're a little bit short priests this week, so I have, I have the eight o'clock mass this morning. So I'm going to be placing all of you on the altar that all of us will appreciate work and try to imitate Jesus, Mary, and Joseph to work for the honor and glory of God and for the salvation of many souls. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.